Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Please be advised that Six Degrees of Reality TV contains explicit language. Hi and welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV, the podcast where two MFAs try to figure out what the hell is happening on our screens. My name is Amy and I hold an MFA in creative nonfiction. And my name is Leslie, and I hold an MFA in creative writing fiction. And together, we are trying to uncover what it means to fall in love on reality TV. Hi, guys. Welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV. My name is Amy. And I'm Leslie. And we're here today to talk to you about Married at First Sight, or as, I'm like, as I like to call it, Dr. Pepper's last ditch effort at making these fuckers all look human. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, what's going on with you today? Um, well, this is Friday. We're recording early, you guys. So I don't know. It's up to our amazing Amy to figure out. Oh, my God. Amazing Amy from Gone Girl. That's what I just oh, thought about. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. No, but it's, a, it's up to her to figure out when she has the time to release this. Because I am going, hopefully to Atlantic City tonight for a Rocky Horror Picture Show concert tomorrow for Halloween. Once again, <laughs> you have such an amazing life. I just live vicariously through her, guys. Somebody said to me at work today, what are you doing this weekend? I'm like, I have a mountain of laundry I'm going to work on. <laughs> like, that's my exciting Friday. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm I'm hoping that, because there's no race there and, like, scheduled to come in. Yes. And so I'm hoping that we don't get caught up in that because I'm driving yeah. down, so I'm like, we might. Mm. Yeah, it's a little scary. But other than that, I am looking forward to talking about this shit show because this was, woo! I, I even know. posted a selfie of myself watching some of the scenes. <laughs> Speaking of a nor'easter, right? Like oh Hurricane K coming through. Okay. Oh um. So here's the order we're going to go in today, guys. Real quick. Zach and Michaela. Jachel. Johnny and Bob and that bitch Sarah. Brett and Potato, Gil and Mirla, and then we'll talk about Unfiltered. I don't really have any spoilers today, so. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's all right. So we are covering Season 13, Episode 15, and if you listen to my other podcast, you'll know I have a terrible, like, I hate name. I hate terrible names, and this is a terrible episode title. It's called Memory Lane and a Little Dirty Little Secret or something. I don't know, it's, Little Dirty Secret, dumbest, d- Dirty I Little Secret, I don't, I don't know. I have several possible other titles that this could have been called. Number one, lingering questions or concerns. Mm-hmm. Number two, we all st- we all still hate Johnny. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Number three, Jose's not so glamorous shots for his glamour shots. Oh God! And number four, a two Sarah, a two. I was good. Oh my God! All I right. can't wait for you to get to. Um... To Jose and Rachel with the whole rice and beans being poor. I was like, oh my God. I know, I know. 
So we kind of open where we left off. Like we see a, a shot of the couples returning from the couples retreat. Of course, Johnny's driving his Tesla. I think it's a Model 3. I can't really tell. Pastor Cal tells us they're all returning home. And with decision day approaching fast, they only have two weeks left to address any lingering questions or concerns. Uh, episode title. Hello. Exactly. Dr. Viviana says the couples are taking their spouses back to their hometowns or to a place that's special to them. And also, every person has to write a letter to their younger self. This helps open the door to vulnerability. So with that in mind, we're going to visit everybody's favorite dumpster fire, Zach and Michaela. Oh, lordy. Brace yourself. <laughs> so the show starts off with this off-brand R&B jam. <laughs> Scene opens up. Of course it does. Of course and it's it like, does. I didn't know, I didn't know what you wanted. I need to know, I need to know. Yeah, it haunts me. And I'm like, hey. it haunts me? Yeah, that's, those were the actual lyrics that had the captions on. And it's okay. like, before their pictures flashed, I was like, that's Michaela and Zach because it's mm-hmm. R&B, they're black. I mean, yeah, our producers are so of smart. Course. Yes. <laughs> and plus, you know, being haunted by yes. someone after the it looks like an exorcism. I don't even know what happened to Michaela when they showed that footage back when she was like running. I was like, oh my God, what is Tipping happening? over the pew. We're going to see that for a long oh time. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's five minutes and 37 seconds in. So I, t- I put this down and we're joining a pensive sack on the couch on his phone. <laughs> of course. He's always on his phone. Yeah. So then mm-hmm. he's, like, self-recording and telling us that he hasn't spoken to Michaela. Oh, he's literally on his phone. Yeah, he's I literally, like... he was just, like, texting No, first somebody. he was, okay. like, looking at his phone, and then he gets up and is, like, self-recording. And okay. then he tells us he hasn't spoken to Michaela since all the things went down. Okay. Since the couple's retreat and hopes to get some clarity with Dr. Pepper, because they seem to be having separate conversations, cut to Michaela self-recording in a... Listen... This is such a pet peeve of mine and trigger. So she is self-recording in a car. And it looks like she's about to drive. I'm like, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. As someone Mm -hmm. who has like, who was in a really scary car accident and had multiple surgeries and like really scary PTSD. Like, I don't even like the person who's driving to, you know, yawn to like move their hands off the wheels. Like, 10 and 2, 10 and 2. Like, don't let go. Like, I'm so paranoid. So like, for me to go, like, on a car trip, like, tonight, I gotta take a Xanax before I get on, because I have I don't blame you. Serious PTSD. Mm-hmm. Like, my car, like, rolled, and it was, like, insane. I had to have shoulder oh surgery. God. I still have to get another one. Oh, my um, God. And this was, like, three years were ago. Were you driving? No, my mom was driving. We were coming oh, home from a concert. It was yeah. rainy in Newark. This is why I hate Newark. And a kid, like, literally, like, a 19-year-old is, like, speeding. He crosses through us as we're going through the intersection to get the highway. Hits us on the side. Car spins around, like, 20 times. I felt like Uh, I was in a roller coaster. Yeah. It was It's funny you say that because the only and worst accident I was in was very similar. I was was going to turn on a highway, and somebody was speeding and hit me. Yeah. Stay off the highways, guys. Stay Stay off the the highways. highways. Oh no, I gotta get on the highway. Damn it, damn it. It makes it makes dilly dilly. <laughs> okay, anyways. So our girl is keeping it 100. This is in this episode, this is my my true my true accent is gonna come out because Okay. Abby she touched my nerves today. I'm so, ready for it. Can I can I um counter that with my 
wonder white bread accent? Yes. Okay. All right. Go on. So McKenna's keeping it 100. She says, so y'all know Zachary has not talked to me since he jutted off. I've reached out to him and I've said nothing, but basically I love you and I want us to work this out and we can get through this and video silence. And he didn't, he's acting like he didn't abandon me. Like shit's wild. Wow. Okay, Michaela. Okay. Are you aware that chances are he is legitimately afraid of you? Yeah. Because of your explosive reaction? Yeah. Table tossing, glass breaking, and screaming like a banshee? Like, are we not acknowledging that? I guess we're not. You know, I get that she's trying to fix the situation. So she's like in damage control mode right now. This is what she's on autopilot. So she escalated to the point of no return. And I appreciate that she's trying to like reach out to him and try to smooth things over. But again, she's in crisis mode. So all she's doing is now trying to justify her actions. Actually, she's ignoring her actions completely. Mm-hmm. And talking about like, he abandoned me. He abandoned me. So Zach is now, the you know, jetted off. So did you see, did you ever see the show Made on Netflix? It's like a new show. No. It's based on memoir, M-A-I-D Made. And it's about, like, I'm just going to one line it for you here. It's about a woman who escapes uh, what she believes to be an abusive relationship. Okay? okay. And then her journey to parent her child through that. She spends a lot of time talking about what is abusive and what isn't because her boyfriend never laid a hand on her. But what is, you know, what is, there's not a lot of laws or support in our country for emotional abuse. Mm -hmm. I'm not necessarily saying that Michaela is abusive, but I'm saying this behavior and this dynamic between the two of them is so toxic that if they were to spend a long period of time together, I think it could get there. Yeah, it's it's really again. Scary. Let me repeat that because people will come for me. I'm not saying it's abusive now, but I'm saying it's so toxic mm-hmm. that I could see it going that way. And mm-hmm. I think Zach has probably never experienced that. And you're right; it's probably terrified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you're right, girl. So cut to the house. Zach is meeting with Dr. Pepper, and this was the first time because I was reading it, I was watching it with like little subtitles, and it says Dr. Pepper, and I was like. Oh my God, it clicked for the first time. That's the soda. I had never made that association oh my before. God. I was like, I was like, what? The soda? It was just yes. wild. Like it just like clicked. I'm like on some other thing. <laughs> is that because did you grow up drinking Mr. Pibb like I did, which is the generic Dr. Pepper? No, it was rock cola. That's what okay. we had on birthday right. parties because we weren't allowed to drink soda. Yeah, like, we didn't drink a lot of soda Only like either. a birthday yeah. parties or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So I wonder if they got the raw footage because when she walks in, it's like she knows everything that went down. And oh, she Dr. Says, Pepper? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she, 100%. She says, so I gather <laughs> to say that it hasn't been easy. To say that it hasn't been easy is an understatement. So according to Zach, he has not spoken to Michaela, but she has been texting him nonstop. Mm-hmm. First she was mm-hmm. like, I was just texting to reach out to him. Yep. This version is she's been texting nonstop. Nonstop. It's been a yep. whole ordeal, he says. Yep. He gets into what happened that night and and starts about the conversation and getting a divorce, but still dating afterwards. And Dr. Pepper looks like, you know, that blonde confused emoji, like shrugging, <laughs> like, huh? 
Like, huh? she doesn't know. Yes. Like, you're going to say no on decision day, but then still I know. Day? Like, this I makes know. no sense. Okay. It made as much sense to Dr. Pepper as it did to Michaela. Exactly. <laughs> She's, they're both like, what? So, according to Zach, they had been on the same page the night before and were in a really good spot. Flashback to the outdoor scene where he says if they are divorced, um, it would be a different situation and, and it freaks, and that's when she freaks out. She's like, I can't, I can't, and leaves. I can't. Mm-hmm. And she leaves either laughing or crying. It's unclear because it sounds I think so it's strange. Hyster- I think it's just like kind of hysterical, like laughing. Yeah. But it's like maniacal. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like sarcastic laughter. Like, oh, I can't. Yes. Like, I fucking can't with you. Yeah, yeah. Verge of Tears. Yep. Yeah, that's, I was like, what? Is she laughing, crying? What is happening? Mm-hmm. And at this point, he knew he was done with her. I was like, no shit, me too. <laughs> yeah. And, and he, he seems real certain about that. Put yeah. a pin in that. Yes, we'll get back to mm-hmm. that. So Dr. Pepper feels bad for him, but wants to question him on some things to see where there can be learning from. She's a doctor. She has to get in there. And what can you learn from this horrible situation? So he says he knows he isn't perfect and that he called his ex-girlfriends, girlfriends with an S, to ask them how he handles conflict. And they all said the same thing, which was not surprising to him. He tries to avoid conflict and never likes it when someone makes a scene. Yeah. Especially big explosive moments. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, avoiding conflict isn't a great quality either. No. Isn't there something in between? Blowing yeah. up and Taking avoiding it? a break and then going back to it? Like adults? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he says that his actions should not be causing those reactions from Michaela. Dr. Pepper is nodding her head, as you are right now. <laughs> but Dr. Pepper, like, if when I paused it, she looked like she was half asleep. So I was, cause I was taking notes. And I was like, oh, she's like, she's out of there. So she wants for the two of them to hear each other, listen to each other, and stop if um, any of the ground rules are broken. So Zach yeah. is already scratching his head because he wants nothing to do with Michaela. He, he flat- actually, like, starts laughing. Like, yeah, oh, my God, I need just that to get uncomfortable out of grin of his. Yep. And yep. shifts to his seat, and mm-hmm. this is the face of a defeated man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then cut to the soft, dramatic music. Instrumental, no lyrics this time, thank God. <laughs> and he says he's not there yet, he just can't. Dr. Pepper says, before you make that absolute decision, let me, <laughs> let me plead my case a little bit. What we haven't done is with me in the middle. So basically having her as the mediator or translator yeah. or interpreter, whatever you want to call it. You know what this reminds me of? I just have to say something. Remember yeah. that skit on Key and, Key, Key and Peele where they do Obama's anger translator? Oh, yes. Oh, my God, it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, basically. So great. I liked it in the correspondence dinner when he was actually there with Obama. Yeah. <laughs> that was yes, like a it was so great. So, <laughs> so, he, so this is what it's going to look like. So... He talks, so Zach talks to Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper interprets it, explains it to Michaela. And then Michaela responds. And that response, Dr. Pepper translates and filters and cleans up a little bit and gives it back to Zach while he's sitting there. This may not be a good sign if you need an interpreter. Yeah. Seven weeks into your marriage. You know, the therapeutic telephone. What could possibly go wrong? Sure, yeah. And Zach agrees. 
I guess he's like, I got to cash these checks. I'm going to just go along with this. Whatever. I'm just going to keep going. I'm yeah. just going to keep going. Got to have mercy on myself. We all know what Zach likes. <laughs> so Doc and Pepper tells producers it's really important for Zach and Michaela to discuss what happened together. So then Michaela walks in, which was a shocker for me because I thought it was going to be like a separate segment, but she was like yeah. ready to go already. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. So she sits far from him and Dr. Pepper asks her to um, tell us where she's at emotionally and what she wants Zach to understand from her. Immediately out of her mouth is a defensive tone. Zach mm-hmm. left me. Dr. Pepper is like, are you talking about the retreat? Yes, ma'am. I said, please don't leave me. Please. And he still left. Her calmness. It was terrifying. It's like, yeah. Like, I was really scared that she was going to just flash out, jump over and like bite his head off or something. Yeah. So she talks about having abandonment issues and it being one of her biggest triggers and that he knew those triggers, but he still left. And she says, Zach, can you please like not do that? But then he does it in such an big and explosive way those were her exact fucking words big and explosive ways yep he yep. Zach, not her you guys go back two episodes i was like giving michaela the benefit of the doubt yeah, like we something both were. and i still feel like there's something he's doing that she's reacting to i still feel yeah. that way we'll get to that i really do but this is she's completely manipulated the truth we saw it we yeah, saw we it on camera and it, i don't get the impression that that scene was heavily edited. No, it doesn't seem like no. it. it. It feels mm-hmm. like there was a gift from the producer gods. They were like, yes, our job yeah, is easy. Yeah, they just let those we cameras let roll. The camera yeah. roll. <laughs> yep. So she says that, and it's like, that was hard on her. And she decided, okay, something got us there. I don't want that to ever happen again. And we both need time to think and manage our feelings and figure out where we are. This whole time, Zach is sitting quietly on the other end of the couch, rubbing his temples. He is trying his darndest not to react in that moment because Michaela, in her version, is the victim here. And he was the one that was asked to leave and got his luggage taken from him and screamed at and now is being played, you know, as the bad guy for exiting a very stressful situation. Yeah. I'm surprised he didn't say in that moment, like, um, can we roll the tape back? (laughs) Yeah. If you were in a fight with your boyfriend or significant other or whatever, and they were accusing you something and you knew it was on tape. Oh, I would pull out the tape. Would you just sit there and be quiet? Receipts. Girl, I'm all about the receipts. I get text messages. I screenshot them. I'm all about the receipts. Mm Mm-mm. Mental note. I will not text you incriminating things. It will come back to haunt you. (laughs) So she goes on about texting him and that she loves it and and that understands that they have challenges, but that he, she doesn't want to lose him. But there was no response from him. And it was heartbreaking because she's been trying. I, yeah. at that point, paused and spoke to my iPad mini where, where I was watching at work and asked okay. it, what did you try, Michaela? <laughs> I thought you were going to say you paused it, went outside and screamed, and no, came back I was and sat like, down. What did you try, Michaela, to make this yeah. work? Yeah. How was your overreaction a way to make this work? Yeah. She needed to fall on her sword here. Yeah. She just needed to be like, look, my family calls me Hurricane K. It's a joke. 
I have a temper. It's something I'm trying to work on. I'm so sorry that this happened. I should have handled it differently. Boom! Oh, she could like, have it would have been so different. Admitted, I am embarrassed. I am trying not yes. to even acknowledge that I behave that way because I'm so yes. deeply ashamed. Yes. And then 100%. I could be like, okay, I get why she's trying to deny it. Right, because we have all been there. Mm-hmm. We have all done shit we're embarrassed of. Just not on a television, right? Yeah, just not on a national TV show. <laughs> anyway, so she continues and admits that at this point she threw a Hail Mary. And there's nothing else she can do. The Hail Mary was what she went insane. <laughs> the Hail Mary. So Dr. Pepper says, so Zach, what Michaela is saying is that she's in love with you. Cut to Zach nodding and looking like he's holding in a fart. Zach's doing the, am I here right now? Is yeah. this really happening? His face is so tense. I was like, is he going to fart? Or is he trying to hold the yeah. fart in? Like, yeah. what is happening? It was bad. And that her perspective is that she did ask him not to leave, but he did. And it was extremely difficult for her. So she asked him for his response to that. And then we see the flashback to their bedroom scene where he's asking her, are you saying you're not driving with me tomorrow? And she is saying, you can leave. Bye. Oh, yeah. The producers did the uh, troll rewind. Yeah. Like where they actually physically rewind the scene and play it for us, which was chef's kiss. Yes. So he has nothing to say other than he's just going to listen right now. Because he's literally just biting his tongue. He's physically uncomfortable. So Dr. Pepper tells Michaela that in her interaction with Zach, he has found a lot of these past weeks very traumatic. Part of it being what he feels are explosive, um, explosiveness of her reactions, getting up, yelling, using a lot of language, high drama. Mm-hmm. Michaela responds with, Honestly, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Pepper, Zach tries to paint me out to be this crazy, inconsistent person that he says has these reactions. Right. Yep. Okay. Then okay. she says, as the music is slowly intensifying, he has no evidence of me reacting in a bad way to him. He has no evidence. No evidence. No evidence. Mm-mm. Have you been watching the show? Zach okay. is like he pulled like a safe about timeout. <laughs> Zach really looks like he is just he's like, am I drunk? Yeah, is I, that's why I Matrix? felt like I was taking crazy pills watching yeah. that. Is this the Matrix? Like, yeah. what's happening? So he's like, I've reached my limit. Hopefully, one day we can be they can have a conversation. But today is not the day. He says, I tried my best. I have to leave, and mm-hmm. he thanks them and walks away. Okay. <laughs> and then so Mika- we think he's done yeah we think he's done then Michaela tells producers this is a prime example of how he always abandons me oh my god girl oh my god then she's telling Dr. Pepper he's always saying this this and that about me that I'm explosive that I react a certain way and Dr. Pepper asks do you think you behave that way she says I think I can not I have Right. I think I can. Suddenly, mm-hmm. she's the little engine that could. She thinks she can. Yeah, she thinks she can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dr. Pepper calls her out and says, there have been some ugly scenes. And she says, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. So she asks her what she regards and what she would... No, okay. So she asks her what she regrets. 
and what she would do differently if she could. And she says she regrets having a panic attack. I flat out laughed. The absurdity. Well, she's calling the explosion. A panic attack. A panic attack, right? She is fully playing the victim. There is no way she believes the shit she is saying. She is trying to convince herself as she says this thing of this narrative. She is in crisis management mode, as I said. She is amplifying her hurt feelings um, to justify her action without actually admitting that she caused a reaction. Right. So it's like, stop trying to get the sympathy. It's not going to work. And then she pulls out the dead dad card. And I was like, oh, girl. Do you think she really believes this? I think she wants to believe this. I think that for her, she probably blacked out in her whole, the whole craziness because she Mm -hmm. was so angry. Mm-hmm. And all she is seeing was we got into some kind of disagreement. I'm not sure how it started, but then he just left me. And mm-hmm. I freaked out because he left me because he knows I have yeah. abandonment issues. So she's like disregarding everything. The fact that she was edging him on, telling him, leave, leave, leave. So they play, play out the freak out scene. And it legit looks like a hidden camera footage in a horror yeah. film where the zombie is about to catch its prey. It's like, doop, 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 yeah, doop. she has real, yeah, she's walking real weird, right? It's like Carrie. It's like she's possessed by it's something. It's like she's possessed. It's yeah. like that yep. moment in Carrie when she's walking off the stage. I was yeah. like, what is happening? It was outwardly. And I know she's embarrassed by her actions, so she's hiding behind the being the abandoned. And, you know, and her dad died and yeah. she hasn't dealt with it. And I get there's trauma there. She still hasn't worked out through it. She misses her dad. But girl. Well, and. Why you know, would you tell him to leave? But let's not forget, too. Like. They've known each other seven weeks. Yeah. Do you really feel like him going to stay at his place one night is abandonment? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. And, yeah. I mean, in this instance, I mean, everybody has their own trauma, and I'm not trying to yeah. dis dis disregard hers. Yeah. No. What's a good word? De-emphasize hers. Yeah. No. Disrespect hers. You right. know what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> I'm not trying to disregard her trauma. Yes. Or belittle it, or you or know. belittle. Thank you. Yeah. But um, I just feel like it's convenient. Yeah. In this moment. But honestly, him leaving as a black man. That late at night, in the middle of nowhere, yeah, it, is about this. It, it is dangerous. It is very dangerous. And it's a legit fear. But she should have thought about that before she told him to leave. She should have been like, okay, actually, no, don't leave. I'll sleep with Bao or I'll go to, you know, Brett's room or something. You stay here. It's, and it was we'll the way the she morning. told him, too. She mm-hmm. was like, so leave. So leave. 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 Just she was, fuck off. Go. Yeah. Go. Fuck yourself. Yeah. Like that. And it was very much like He was that. like, yeah. are you sure? Are you sure? Oh, my God. And nothing angers me more when a guy is asking me if I'm sure about something, when I'm mad and overreacting, because I know that I overreact. And they're like, are you sure you want to go this route? And I double down and not triple five. Ooh, I just go, yes, I'm all in. I'm going to burn it to the ground. I don't burn bridges. I burn a whole fucking town down. That is Michaela. So I... I See her. Is that Michaela or is that <laughs> Leslie? But I see, I see where she's coming from. Michaela, I see you. I see, I see you. you. We see each other. 
<laughs> so Dr. Pepper tells her that at this point, Zach can handle your ass. So work on yourself, girl. Yes, yeah, <laughs> basically what I wrote. And also, that was not a panic attack. That was a tantrum. Yeah. Yep. That was a real life I'm tantrum. I'm kind, kind of an expert in panic attacks. That was not one. That was not a panic attack. Yeah. I've had many panic mm-hmm. attacks. That was not, not one. one. And mm-hmm. I've had many tantrums. That was a yep. tantrum. That was a tantrum. So later on, we see Michaela self-filming, talking about how Zachary... So notice that she calls him Zachary when she's mad at him. She does, yep. Because she's, like, calling him by his full name. Yep, mm. his Christian name. His Christian mm-hmm. name. Cause you evil, you bad, because you're in trouble. That's the child is just, like, she's mothering him in that sense. Like, Zachary. Yep. Calling yep. his attention. Anyways, it's very interesting. So Zachary walked out on their meeting with Dr. Pepper, and she thought they were done. But apparently... Not that night, Zachary calls her asking for closure meeting. I'm like, okay, what is happening no, here? No, no, you know, when you get closure, Zach, decision day when you say no, yeah, that will be the next time you see her. That's when you get closure. This was insane. So, we see Zach sitting on the couch, <laughs> sitting, <laughs> <laughs> sitting on the couch, and <sighs> this was just it was giving me a headache. Her outfit was cute, though, I really liked it. It was like you know, the atmosphere. She looked like, good. She looked really good. I really like that outfit. She, I mean, she's a beautiful woman. Yeah. But she looked really good. So she walks in, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> she walks in with this huge fake smile. Like, hi, everything's Dr. Okay. Pepper's like, oh, these two again. Jesus yeah. Christ. So Dr. Pepper lays down the law and she's like, stay civil. Don't interrupt. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Strap in. <laughs> Zach wants to take away lessons on what led them to this point in their relationship and how to better themselves and what could have been done differently. She well, said, like, what does Zach really want? He wants some booty. That's what he wants. He wants to bang, 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 bang. That's we know all this. he wants because yep, all he's he wants. all of a sudden acting completely different. Yep, completely different. So she says she fought for this and that her passion might have been misconstrued, but she was giving it her all. The constant calling and texting was her trying to fix things. But for Zach, there was no coming back. And she accepts that now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Zach says... So let me ask you this yeah. real quick. If we're puzzled by his change of heart, I think this is what he does to her all the time. Yeah. I mean, I told you she said he does this on... Was it on, in the episode or on Filtered when she said he love bombs her? He's inconsistent. She did yeah. say that in a previous episode that like he's a little inconsistent in his actions. Well, I think it was on Unfiltered. She was saying, he one minute hates me and I'm the devil and I'm done, right? And then the ne- and she's like, okay, so I'm leaving. And then the next minute he's love bombing her. Yeah. That's so why he's not she's all that reacting innocent. to something. Yeah, she's reacting yeah. to something. We were right. I think they were right. I mean, she's not reacting well, but she's reacting. No, she's well. not reacting well. I can't defend her in that. So Zach says he puts as much effort as she did into the marriage that she doesn't want her to ever think otherwise. And Zach mm-hmm. says most of the conversations are mostly positive and that they gave each other affirmations most of the time. So it's it wasn't all bad. So Dr. Pepper asks, if we can extract these explosive reactions, could the marriage be good? And Zach says, correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Professor, correct. Mm-hmm. that they did talk at length about how they could fix things, but things just never did. And so Dr. Pepper says if things were fixable, they would have been fixed by now. Mm. Okay. They would have worked on things. And Dr. Zach, Pepper ain't here to play. No. And Zach Mm-mm. says, my thing is, I want to be in the best position possible, divorce or not divorce. 
and we see an evil smirk creep on Michaela's face. <laughs> the D word triggers her. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So Dr. Pepper says, divorce. She's like, not this bullshit again. Yeah. So Dr. Pepper says, divorce means something different to her than it means to you. So then he says, that's the cause. <laughs> no, wait. Let me read this again. That's the case. He would say yes on decision day if it gets Michaela to just talk to him again. What is happening? Let me tell you something. I'm as confused as as Michaela is here. I'm so confused. I don't know what he wants. Then he says he just wants to sleep with her. That's, that's it. That's all it is. So just say that. Say we have amazing sexual chemistry, and it's hard for me to let that go. Just say it. Yeah. And he says. One phrase, I want to get divorced, I want to stay married, will not dictate their relationship in the future. What? He is, guys, you know this if you saw it, he is Zach from Zach and Mindy. Just talking in weird circles and nobody can understand. So Dr. Pepper asks Michaela if she said yes to be willing to work on it. And Michaela says, getting a yes on decision day needs to come from him and not just be something for him, for her to talk to him again. Mm-hmm. Um... So she found closure from their last meeting and has nothing further to say. Right. So now Zach is open to talk to Michaela. Michaela yeah, of course close. he is. Yep. Of course he is. And he's got a big grin on his face. That is the, so we're going to sleep together tonight grin? Yeah. That he's kind of saying to her, like, are we going to, are we going to talk after this? We're going to talk right now? Yeah. We're going to talk. Yeah. And Dr. Pepper makes them touch hands, which is weird. Mm-hmm. So they mm-hmm. can agree to talk to each other. So they awkwardly reach out to each other, you know, and touch like hands and have one final conversation before decision day. So they both agree that they're going to have that conversation at some point. And Zach is super eager. Like you said, he's like, can we do that? Let's go now. I want to go now. Let's go now. Zach, Let's what, go now. What, wink, wink, wink. Happening? Let's go now. Now he's being inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, this is what she's been dealing with, guys. Mm-hmm. Like we all have been in this relationship. I love you. I love you. I love you. You're a psychopath. Get away from me. I don't want to be in this relationship. Never mind. I love you. Yeah. Like, how are you supposed to react? Okay, you're not supposed to react like Michaela's reacting. But you're supposed to react some way. Yeah. Because this is bonkers. It's insane. All right. Anything else on them? No, that was it. I I was done with them. I did at one point when Michaela was talking about, like, how Zachary was, you know, the first meeting abandoned her i was like turned into the tyra banks meme you know when she's like i was rooting for you we all work that was me to michaela I i know i feel the same way all right so let's move on to jachel i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. 
Jose brings Rachel to, is it Pearland? I don't Texas? even know, because I've never been to, they have some. He brings her to Pearland. I think it's Pearland. Pearland? I don't know. Anyway, his parents moved there. Okay, so, Jose's parents moved to a more affluent part of town, or suburb, not sure, to give him and his sister better schools and a better chance at a good upbringing. Jose's like, it worked because I'm amazing and I'm super successful. And yeah, I guess my sister is too. But Check out like, my FICO score. I'm awesome. But he's, he's like, we both went to college. We both did really well for ourselves. Like, my parents really struggled. They had this house custom built for themselves. <laughs> like, they really struggled. Now, okay, I, I just want to say something. I built a house. My husband is a carpenter. Nice. Literally built the house ourselves. Had to pay no one to build it. Timmy did the foundation. He did the wiring, the plumbing, Jesus. the framing, the painting, everything. It still cost a lot of money. I bet. The materials. So I don't know. It's not clear if Jose's father built this house or not. But it is still a shitload of money, guys, mm -hmm. to build a house. And period. Fine. Okay. So... Rachel is stunned that the house was built from the ground up for his parents. And the reason, she's not like, wow, that's really impressive. She goes, wow, that really shows their taste. And she's like looking around the house. That's a weird thing to say, Rachel. Probably thinking weird. it's tacky as fuck. Yeah, it's got to be. Because it's probably like hasn't been remodeled in 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. So she says, even though their parents are divorced now, it sounds like they both had good roots and a good upbringing and they have a model of what a good family should look like. Okay. So then we go inside and we get some amazing shots of Jose and his sister's glamour shots. Oh like, God. they're amazing, guys. Go back and watch this episode just for this. We also see a basketball picture with Jose's ears pierced. And he's talking about, like, I did this in this house and blah, 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 blah. Okay, whatever. All right, so Rachel says she just comes off with some real weird stuff. I don't know how to gauge her. I mean, I'm inclined not to like her too much because she loves him, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so she says, I love seeing framed pictures because if you frame a picture, it really means a lot to you. Now, Leslie, is this true? Because I don't know about you, but when was the last time you had a picture printed? Yeah, that's, it's been a while. So chances are anything you framed in your house is from like 20 years ago. Yeah. It doesn't, in other words, it doesn't speak to the the priority of the picture. It speaks to, I just haven't printed a picture in 20 years. Listen, I have autograph records and photos that I need to frame that I haven't framed yet. Yeah. But I'm yeah. just like, oh, I need to get on that. Like, I would say some of my most meaningful photos are on my Instagram feed, not on the walls of my Aww. house. Right. All right, so Jose says they spent a ton of money building the house. So so Ra so they get to the kitchen, and Rachel's like, what was family dinner like? Like, what was mealtime like? And he's like, well, since we spent a shit ton of money building this custom house in this great neighborhood, we had to eat rice and beans a lot. Like, it was, <laughs> it was bad. We had to eat rice and beans a lot. And Rachel's looking at him like, you could afford rice and beans? <laughs> exactly. Like, what is happening? That was a good day for us. We had rice and beans. Yes. So Rachel tells the camera, like, it's kind of weird saying you didn't have a lot growing up. And we're standing in a custom-built house. 
and you had rice and beans every night. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, you were doing okay. And she goes, this is concerning because what are their, what are his standards then? If this was poor, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And she brings up a really good point. So later, Dr. Pepper's visiting them. And there are some weird signs on their fridge that say things like, I promise not to control my wife. I promise to check on my wife morning, noon, and night. It's like you bought a new vacuum. Like, I promise to check on my wife and make sure she's plugged in morning, noon, and night. I promise to actively listen. And I just wrote, who has to put notes on the fridge to be a human being? (laughs) I don't understand this. So Dr. Pepper, first Dr. Pepper's like, what the fuck is with these notes? Like, I don't even get this. But then once she gets past that, she's like, look, your marriage will not be perfect. Like, you have to be ready. You know, be ready to deal with what you have. And then I wrote, Dr. Pepper's some kind of quiz she's giving them. And then I realized, I literally wrote, oh, she's asking them back the questions that they had asked. Remember when they met with her and they asked questions? Mm Mm-hmm. They must have wrote those down, and now she's given them back to them. Okay. So they talk about Jose's triggers, and Rachel says Jose needs space before he can communicate. And she has learned that if she pushes him in the moment, you know, she's going to get a, a angry response. So to give him space. Jose says he's learned that he needs to let her think that she's independent. Oh, I'm sorry. He said she needs to be independent, and I need to let her be. But you know what he's thinking. Yeah, let her think. I'm going to let her think it. Pepper says, you guys are doing great, but are there any secrets between the two of you? And Jose's like, I'm good. And Rachel's like, "Mm, there's something I haven't told Jose about the night he locked me out. Okay. Later that night, Jose and Rachel are in bed and Rachel tells the camera they were up until 4 a.m. the night before. And she she said, I could not go another day without telling him what I had to tell him. And it was that I spent the night at my ex's house. And we see this on prison cam, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, the camera stationarily placed inside their apartments. And Jose didn't like it. And you know what, Leslie? I never thought I'd say this, but I kind of see his point here. Yeah. I would not be okay with this. That's not a good move. Like, first of all. He's to blame. Don't get me wrong. Yes. He never should have knocked her out. Not locked her out. He is 100% to blame. But like, eh, what make me feel great if my husband ran to his ex-girlfriend? Like, you don't have like a sister or a brother or a cousin? Does it right. have to be your ex? Why is right. that your first person you call? But that also tells us that her being locked out was not a fake out. She legitimately yeah. had nowhere to go. And that's terrifying. Because you see that she was banging on all the other couple's doors, but no one was home because they don't live there. Yep. So I'm torn here because I get what I get why he would be upset about that, but I also think he deserves it. Yeah. So I'm torn. So um, do you think something happened between her and the ex? I don't think so. No, no, I didn't get that impression. Yeah. So Jose's like, "Uh, this isn't great. Like I have some trust issues with you already, and this isn't helping. But he does handle it decently, I think. Like, he doesn't blow up. And he tells the camera, my guard is up, but, you know, I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best to trust her. That's all I could do. Mm -hmm. Then we get, would you light a fire? Would you lose it all? Would you light a fire? Would you stand tall? I don't know what the fuck that means. (laughs) I don't know. It was so Mm -hmm. weird. All right. So now we're going on to Johnny and Bao. 
Leslie, what is the hate meter on Johnny? Do we all still hate Johnny? Oh, um, I don't know. I'll I'll let you decide. This okay. Recap. Okay. Spoiler alert. So, yes. <laughs> two weeks left to decision day. We open with the couples driving back to Houston. Cue the obligatory home sweet home statement by Johnny. He's so original. Uh, I know. He's a walking box of catchphrases and contradictions. That's yeah, he's he pretty bad. So Bao is feeling pretty good overall about the trip. But she didn't reconnect with Johnny because they didn't interact. So mm-hmm. she asked Johnny how she, you know, how he thinks, hey, how do you think the trip went? Mm-hmm. And at this point, I was like, this is so one of these producer-driven conversations that they make you, they're like, all right, guys, talk about this, talk about that. But this yep. is the one instant where it's like legitimate question. Like, so how was the trip for you? Because I didn't see you, basically. Yep. So, yep. so I was like, okay, I'm okay with this question. Okay. So it's super awkward. And he says, um, it was good. A lot of fun. It was awkward good. silence. It was a lot of fun. And then he departs announcing he's going to shower. Yes. <laughs> so Bao is left to tend to their plants on the balcony. And she greets the plants. Hi, my babies. I have new thoughts on Bao, but I'll get to it. <laughs> Go ahead. She tells producers she's had level one conversations with strangers on an airplane there were more No, exciting. she said she's had level three conversations with... Jesus Christ. Because I was going to use that as one of my titles. Possible title, level three conversations with strangers on an airplane. It's better than the level <laughs> one conversation with Johnny. Yes. yes. So as she's watering the plants, the sappy song is playing. Would you be open? Would you be open to change of mind? <laughs> I'm like, oh God. Cut to Johnny sighing and just dragging himself everywhere all over the apartment. He's fully checked out. His body's like robotic, just like fragile. Like, oh, oh. Yep. <laughs> oh, his life is so hard. A woman it's is so trying hard. to love him. So hard. So later on, we see the couples being forced to show their childhood homes <laughs> and trauma. Relive your trauma. Relive your trauma. So Johnny and Bauer are outside his childhood home, and she is being as nice as possible. She's just, like, mm-hmm. asking very little questions. She's like, oh, so how was that for you? Oh. And there's, like, I don't know if it's social distancing because of COVID or because yeah, they Yeah, I don't know. Each I think they just hate each other. Yeah. That distance was a little weird, like, mm-hmm. the way they were spaced out. Was it level one distance? I think it was. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It was social distancing. Ugh. So... She's watching him as he's going through the family photos and he's talking and he's like smiling and actually enjoying himself, telling these stories yeah. about his childhood and he light up. And this mm-hmm. is like the first time you see him legitimately happy in the same room with Val. Yes. Because whenever he's been super happy, it was either right before the wedding, before he met her or with the guys, but nothing with her in common. With Jose. <laughs> with Jose. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Sharing the screen in the same airspace and being that happy was very yeah. shocking for me. It was a step forward. Yeah. And then cut to Johnny talking to producers saying he has daddy issues and he admits it. And then he blames his dad for, you know, leaving and the yep. dad leaving being the reason why he's a shit man. So yeah. he reads the letter he wrote to himself. Dear God. I he know. says, sup kiddo. Coming to you from the future. We'll start with some bad news. We're not a bajillionaire. Sorry. Well, I was going to ask you that. The letter really focuses heavily on money. Money. Yep. Um, 
90s phrases, kicks. Yes. Other boys and lightsabers aren't a yep. thing just yet. Good news. You're happy, healthy, and you find yourself surrounded by a lot of incredible people who care about you. Yeah, it's weird. No it's mention weird. of a marriage or anything nope. like that. Nope. Blah, 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 and happy childhood. No way to live, amigo. But your mom rocks. Forgive your father who abandoned you and made you hate Bell. So (laughs) the most telling thing that he says is that not all marriages work out. That's what he's reading from his letter, which could be in reference to his parents not working out. Right. Or it could be him and Bell. So. And Bell's, again, just standing there taking it on the chin mm -hmm. like she always does. And Johnny tells producers he feels like he should be happily married, but for some reason he's not. He doesn't Mm -hmm. want to end up like his dad having all his meals alone. Yep. So, later on in the episode, we see Johnny meeting up with Bao in her childhood spot. So, where she grew up is basically an empty lot. Yeah, it's like a parking lot. There's no house, no trailer. So, whatever stood there is no longer standing. Yeah. So, she points to a tree with, like, this sad little rope swing. (laughs) And she calls it her favorite tree growing up. So, Johnny looks extremely uncomfortable as she points towards, you know, essentially nothing. Mm-hmm. And Bao tells producers that few know the truth of her upbringing and what it was like for her. So she pulls out pictures um, and it shows where they live. So it was there and there was a trailer and it was a rickety old trailer. It was falling down and stuff. And she mm-hmm. said she was very outdoorsy as a kid, would hide in places, grab fruits from the trees, throw it to the field, build the hut, have bonfires where she would sacrifice her off-brand Barbies. And oh, yeah. she says this Did with an off-brand did you love that part where she's like, I put all my Barbies in a box and burn them? Jenny's and Johnny's like, like uh, what? what? Okay, listen, I have feelings with this. I grew up with those fake Barbies too. <laughs> Did you light them all on fire? Listen, I would get at least one real Barbie on a good year mm-hmm. and the rest mm-hmm. were knockoffs. They were like mm-hmm. either Woolworth friend or whatever the hell it was at the time. Yeah. And... I never destroyed my Barbies or any of my toys because I didn't have many. And my mother would tell me, if you don't take care of these toys, then that means you can't take care of toys and you won't get new ones. I feel like you're working out some real rage if you're lighting your toys on fire. I'm just going to throw that out there. So cut to me in my 30s with the Care Bear on my bed. And mm-hmm. Funko Pops displayed all over my living room wall. And yep. Barbie dolls of Cher, Selena, Marilyn Monroe. Like, I have all these in boxes and they're all on yeah. display. Yeah. Because it's like I treasured them so much because we didn't have many. You didn't have them. Yep. And she just set them on fire. And that yeah. hurt my little soul. Yeah. Those it poor was weird. Barbies. It was weird. Jesus Christ. Like, if my kid told me, like, oh, I just lit my Barbies on fire in the backyard, I'd be like, eh, I might have to take you to see... Dr. Loomis from Halloween, Michael Myers. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> are you going to be a serial killer at some right. point? Right. So she reads the letter um, to her child herself, and she starts by saying, you don't know yet who you are, but I do. So Future Bound knows who she is. Mm-hmm. And she talks about the things that shamed her would eventually make her stronger and a confident woman. Yes. She talks about her dad having PTSD from the war. Yeah, what war? I was trying to figure this out. So let's think. She's um, maybe 35, right? Maybe Vietnam? Is that too late, though? I think that would be too... Let me think about this. I mean, it's been going on for like 20-something years. 
so if she's 35 now, mm-hmm. she was probably born, what, roughly 90, 1990? Yeah. Wait, right? Around there. 85. Yeah, her dad could have been in Vietnam. Vietnam? Yep. Okay. Yep. I keep forgetting these people are 35. I keep thinking they're yeah, like so 22. she's 35 and yeah. she was born her in Her dad could 86. definitely be in Vietnam. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So, um... <sighs> You know, PCSD, that's serious. And from war, I can't even imagine. And, and Vietnam was real bad. And it's like real, understanding, real bad. like, how to manage that. Like, people didn't know what exactly no, what they, it was. They did they 100% did not. I mean, I have a Vietnam vet who comes to my class and talks to my students every year. And he said, he started doing it about five years ago. He's like, I did not talk about Vietnam until, like, 10 years ago. Yeah. He's like, we just came back and we didn't talk about it. Yeah, like we just you? went on with our lives. Mm-hmm. You were trying to suppress that horribleness, right? But some of them didn't go on with their lives. Like they drank themselves to death, or, or they you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. really bad. So she starts crying, and Johnny faced compassion for two point five seconds. Yeah, I counted. It's, it's bad. And Johnny tells producers that when Bao shared that about her parents, something clicked in him. Could it be mm-hmm. compassion? Really, Johnny? Maybe. <laughs> Is Perhaps. this a human emotion? What am I feeling? What is happening? <laughs> Let me plug into my Tesla. <laughs> anyway, he says, Oh my God, do you think Elon Musk created Johnny in a garage? No. They're about the same age, aren't they? Elon Musk isn't that old. <laughs> and then he says, Am I like either of my parents? Cause dude, we're all like our parents. We are. We are the worst parts of our parents. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna save you five years of therapy. You're just like your parents. Usually, mm-hmm. the worst parts of your parents. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's like because it's all about him. So he's like, "Am I just like my parents?" Because Bao is crying. Now I'm thinking about me. Am I expecting too much from her? Is it fair to her? Yep. And Bao tells Johnny she had never shared this part of her childhood with anybody. You know, like, why would you tell people you burned your fucking Barbies? That's scary. Yeah. And apparently her parents are still together. have been together for 50 years. Yeah. So now you see why Bao is like, we can work through this. We can work through they this. Because if through her it. parents yep. work through something like PTSD from war. Yep. This bullshit that they're going through is like nothing for her. Nothing. Except yeah. that Johnny doesn't have PTSD from war. He suffers from fuckboy-itis. So it's it's not treatable. Unfortunately, we don't have a cure for that yet. Oh, we're working on one. We're working on one. (laughs) We're working on vaccine. (laughs) So we get to their meeting with Dr. Pepper, and Bao starts, and she says, Johnny and her agree to work on level one. And so Dr. Pepper's like, what is level one? Good morning? (laughs) Yeah, it's stupid. Johnny Dr. Then... Pepper's like, this is just fucking stupid. I'm just going to level is... with you. Yeah. And Johnny then says he doesn't think he's learned everything he can learn about Bao and says he spoke with Bao's best friend, Sarah, which is why I'm logged in as that bitch, Sarah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that she... apparently Sarah was in the market for a car. So they were talking about cars. And she asked her, so how's your relationship going? And he tells Sarah that things aren't going well. And how he's feeling, because he was feeling all distraught, and boo-hoo, woe is me, Bao is so horrible. And then Bao's friend Sarah says, this totally makes sense. This is what I understand Bao is like in relationships. So then, he tells cameras, Sarah told him she would never date Bao, and that she would never let a friend of hers date Bao, 
because she's a controlling person who tries to break you down and gets you to the point where you have to you have no choice but to lean on her so she can rebuild you in the exact image she wants and then he tells Dr. Pepper that conversation was a huge turning point for him and that made him not want to try at all okay i have something to say about this yeah, I, have I have many thoughts. to say about this <laughs> okay first on unfiltered johnny said that Sarah is actually a mutual friend of theirs oh. in the same circle. And he actually knew her longer than he knew Bao. Yes, because they did know each other somewhat yes. in college. Okay. Yep. And he said they had like a two and a half hour conversation. And this came out about Bao. Mm. Second thing I want to say is this totally reminds me. Again, I'm going to go back to Zach and Mindy. You didn't see the season. But Mindy's best friend was texting Zach while she was trying to be married to him. So we've seen a shitty friend before, and this is it. And I forget what the third thing was. I I, I just keep going, and I'll think of it. Yeah, but I just thought, this is really cruel. Like, wow, Sarah, you're... Sarah, you a bitch. You know, it's like, what is happening? Have you said that to your friend's face? I know what I was going to say. I'm getting a little annoyed with Bao's boo-hoo-hoo face every time somebody says something to her. Oh, she's always shocked and like, hmm Yeah, she does this little like... She looks down. It's like, weird. Guys, yeah. this makes for great radio, I know, but... Yeah. Like this pouting. She's pouting. Like, oh, I don't like this. Like, it's kind of weird. I don't know. I'm starting to get a weird vibe off of her that's changing that's my opinion. the kind of childhood things that he might be attributing to. Like, she acts childhood, childish, mm-hmm. and that could be part of it. Like the Johnny's little, like, still trash. Face. Oh, he's Johnny's still trash. still trash. But Sarah sucks if... for saying that. That's so mean. I don't know if Bao is like... If we were to believe what Johnny said. Yeah, I don't... I'm just getting a weird vibe from Bao that we may... She may be getting a really good edit. Yes, that could be true. Yeah. And yep. so she says, sure, I've made my mistakes in the past relationships, but none of that is relevant right now. So then I was like, wait, is she admitting that she's a manipulative monster who wants to Frankenstein you into her ideal man? What is she, Rocky Horror? Is this the Rocky Horror Picture Show? <laughs> what is happening? I will, tell you, I will tell you this. We had a spoiler. It's not really a spoiler. Yeah. But we had somebody write in that said that Mirla did not like her. Did not like Bao. Oh. And when they when on Unfiltered, when they were playing this, Johnny said... I have a real problem with Bao pretending she's taking accountability. And Mirla outright laughs and is like, yeah, that's not happening. Like, Mirla was dissing her on Unfiltered. And I wonder what that's about. Because I don't know about you, but I feel like Mirla has a great bullshit detector. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I think that part of what Johnny is saying might be true in the sense that she is acting a certain way on the camera. Yes. Because she definitely wants a good at it. She's worried. She's very self-aware when we know this about her. She's very, and I don't mean this, this sounds pejorative, but I don't mean it that way. She's very calculating. Yeah. But that, that's not always a bad thing. But, you know, it is kind of in this case. Like, she's really aware, and Brett is, or Ryan is too. Yeah. Really aware of what they look like on camera. So then we get this tearful confession from Bao, and she says that this is why she's always afraid that she doesn't have real female friends. And I'm like, yeah, I, I see that. And if you notice, like, the main, her core group of friends when she was going to announce that she was getting married all were all guys. Were all guys. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I, I'm friends with a lot of guys too, but I have at least one or two really good female friends. 
same. Yeah. yeah. And and I have a couple of gay husbands, but th- that's not mm-hmm. neither here nor there. Anyway, I'd love to us. brag about that. So anyway, <laughs> and Sarah hasn't been around to see how hard she's been working on this marriage, which is fair. And Johnny mm-hmm. scoffs off and says, that's your opinion. Yeah. So then Dr. Pepper says, well, maybe this person has seen her in past relationship, you know, one or two. And this is the type of person Bao is trying not to be now. And the sure. situation is different. And so what did the friend tell you that made you question, that made you side with this assumption? It made you feel validated. And because Bao deserves the chance to defend herself. And Johnny just ooms and ooms. And yeah, he's not going to talk about it. Visibly again. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So the next scene, Bao and Johnny are having dinner. And Bao wants to talk about their session. And Johnny thinks it was a good session. Okay. okay. Were you there? Then what he's part, like, Johnny? What part was great where you told her her best friend called her a fucking idiot, basically? Yeah. So then he says times. he hates dragging Sarah into this because okay. he felt like she had good intentions when they spoke. So Bao says there's a reason why I haven't shared a lot of things with Sarah because she isn't going to give me the best advice because she says just move on is something as hard. And yeah. Bao is utterly disappointed and betrayed that this happened, and she's pissed. So apparently Sarah was all like, can you go to bed and wake up every morning to this awful monster that is Bao? Yeah, And he said no, and so she said he should walk away. Yet Bao is still open to having talks if he wants. She's still in it, Jesus Christ. Then he goes... Do you see why I always feel like this is the blame Johnny game? The way you just phrased that. You're still here. You're still trying. So she says, I feel like I have to walk on eggshells. And he proclaims he's lost his appetite. And he walks away. He leaves for the night. He goes out the front door. And she's like, I guess I'll drink your wine and eat your food. (laughs) And that was like the most badass bitch woman (laughs) right there. None of these guys are staying the night. Yeah. It's real weird. The experts need to do something about that. That needs to be in your contract. Like, if you can't, you are not being forced to sleep with somebody, sleep in the extra bedroom. Yeah. Lock the door if that makes you feel, like, unless it's a safety issue, you have to stay if in If it apartment. was in Zach and Michaela's case, I'd say, Zach, remove yourself from that yes. building. Yes. Yep. A hundred percent. But it's gotten violent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's okay. them. So now we're moving on to Brett and Ryan. Potato. Okay. So, Brett and Ryan are riding a side-by-side, <laughs> and I felt seen because Brett is terrified. And the first time I was on a quad, because I told you I had a similar situation where I moved to the quasi-country, mm-hmm. and my husband puts me on a quad and teaching me to drive it, and I know how to drive it, and I'm doing okay. The minute it was on a very slight incline, like like a little tiny bit, I jump right off. Oh jump right off. Was it still running? Is it supposed to like a golf cart? Like in driving? or like a... it, it feels that way. Or a go it, cart. It just feels tippy. Oh. I can't oh explain it. No, I don't like it. So Brett's like freaking out and I don't blame her. So they're going fishing and Brett tells the camera, when Ryan's in his element, he's a lot more enjoyable. Ha ha ha. Or at least a little bit more open. So Ryan tells Brett that when he was younger, his dad wasn't around much. He was always working... Or he was working on his race car at his brother's. And again, 
this is very close to the culture I'm living in right now. <laughs> like where people dump a ton of money into old cars and right. stuff like that and projects. And so him and his, or his dad and the dad's two brothers had three race cars and they were money pits and there was a lot of tension in their house about it and their parents always fought about it. So, you know, he has a little PTSD from that. And Brett says like she had a very idyllic upbringing. Idyllic, idyllic, idyllic. Is it idyllic? Idealistic? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Upbringing. He said he doesn't even really know what a good marriage looks like because he doesn't know if he ever saw one. And Brett tells the camera she likes hearing about Ryan's early life because I want to get to know him better and I feel better about the whole experience. Now they read notes to one another or to their old selves. And Brett's is pretty straightforward. It's like, dear little Brett, You'll have an amazing life and some really good friends. And then she's saying right in front of Ryan, which is priceless. Don't give your heart to the wrong boys. They don't deserve it. You'll find the right guy someday. And Potato's just sitting there like, "Mm, is she talking about me? So Ryan's letter's like, dude, high school will be fun. College (laughs) will be awesome, dude. Dude, don't overdo it with the drinking. I'm like, okay. Because he's like, pace yourself, dude. Pace yourself. <laughs> then he talks about... Okay, so then he gets pretty serious. And he talks about... I can't do it in that voice. His best friend <laughs> Andrew dying now. I know. So he says his best friend Andrew was killed in a freak work accident. And this is going to get real dark. But I think I need more information on that. I know. Like, Maybe what it was kind like of work accident? A baler, like getting mangled or something. I I'm know. thinking butter churning. Oh. Falling into the butter pit. It's crazy. Like like butter? <laughs> No. That's a shout out to our ninety our reality gays. Yeah. Who talk about Mike's but. mother in the in the butter. But. In the butter patch. Alright, so he says he loves his friend and family. Ugh, boring. Like, dude, you love friends and family. You have yeah. good family. You have, have good fun. friends, man. Bro. <laughs> this is the second time today I've done the frat boy accent. I just wanna point that out. Yeah. I was doing Malachi I was doing and children. <laughs> I was doing Malachi and Children of the Corn. Outlander, like, come on, I'm gonna spill her blood, dude. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's ridiculous. Anyway, okay. What's your damage, Heather? So, <laughs> like, now I'm thinking '80s catchphrases. <laughs> so, Brett tells the camera, seeing Ryan get get emotional actually makes me proud of him. Probably because she's like, oh my god, he does feel something. Mm-hmm. So Ryan tells the camera, I feel pretty good about myself. I'm, I'm a good dude. <laughs> Later, Brett gets home, and she and Ryan sit down, and she walks in like she's got something. You know what I mean? And she's like, so, and she, like, spreads out at the table. I got a text 10 minutes ago from a friend that you're on a dating app, and you matched with someone. Okay, Leslie, I'm going to need to bring you in as our 21st century correspondent here, (laughs) and tell me, do you have to actively try to match with someone? Which app do you think this is? Don't you, Do you have think it's to Tinder? swipe? If it's Tinder, you definitely have to swipe. If it's Bumble, you definitely have to swipe to match with someone. So that's how you match with people. So the only thing is that could have happened was if he had matched with her prior to disabling the account and then she saw him and she matched to see if they match and then that happened. That's okay. the only thing that I okay. could think of other okay. than him actively still swiping. Okay. So he's saying... I did download it. I'm not going to lie. Now, we have this in our spoiler. Mm-hmm. That he downloaded it 
because the producers told him he wouldn't be able to until this aired. So he and, quote, someone else on the show who's awfully, uh, who's also unhappily married, decided to, which I'm thinking is Johnny, Mm -hmm. decided to log in and download this information so that they would have it, which I don't even know what that fucking means. But okay, dude, Because you can reactivate it later on? Yes, you can. I don't know. So Ryan's like, I did did download it today, but it's not active right now. She's like, uh, you matched with someone today. You have one week left. You couldn't have waited? And Ryan's like, you don't know. I don't talk with anyone. I didn't talk to anyone. And she's telling the camera, like, he's afraid of being honest with people. He's just not, like, he doesn't. And I think he admitted this on Unfiltered when I saw it later, like, because he's always on Unfiltered, which is something else I have to talk oh, about. Jesus Christ. Um, he said, like, I do have trouble having hard conversations. And that's what this would be, right? Mm-hmm. So he apologizes and says he would like to show her that it's not active, but she's like, no, it won't help. Like, you downloaded it, so I know what your answer is. Yeah, like, wait oh, a and week. He's, yeah, and he's like, oh, look at the time. Gotta run. Gotta get home to my apartment. So we see him leave, and then we see him outside, and he's showing the producer that the app is disabled. And the producer's like, send it to her, send it to her. And then Brett tells the camera she knows what it means to be in a relationship. And she approached this marriage with the best of intentions. Then she gets a text from him and she's like, oh, this motherfucker's texting me. That was awesome. I have the text here. Yes. Okay. I'm going to read it with its grammar inserted. Okay. Okay. You're welcome to do whatever you deem best for you, comma, honestly, period. I promise you, comma. I promise you, comma, that I didn't download it with the intention of it being shown as active until after decision day, comma, and still have no idea why it was showing as active, period. I never meant to put you in that position, period. And Brett's just like, whatever, dude. Yeah. Whatever. Like, I'm over this. And that's the end of them. That's where we leave them. It was beautiful. So now we have Gil and Mirla. Yeah, which is not bad because it's like not much is going on. Mm -mm. But then... I'm holding out for a hero with these two. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I don't know. Okay. So Gil is showing Mirla around his old hood, and he talks about how there were some apartments that would get broken into, and Gil tells cameras, whenever you open the door to childhood memories, it exposes you as who you are, and mm-hmm. the more you are to other people, blah, blah, blah. So he's sharing this experience with his wife so she can learn who he is and why he is the way that he is. Okay. Also, you're doing it because the producers told you mm-hmm, to do it. But mm-hmm. okay. Okay, Gil. You got that. So <laughs> let's get into a box of memories, Gil. Yeah. So he talks about getting into childhood fights and playing basketball and using the shopping carts as hoops by hanging them on mm-hmm. gates. And that I bet, you, I bet you Jose's neighborhood had real hoops. Probably real ones. And real mm-hmm. designer like NBA basketball. <laughs> And that just brought me back to my childhood in New York City and playing with my cousins in our backyard, which is really the alleyway we threw out the trash. <laughs> we just had, like, a milk crate hanging up, and we played basketball. We played handball and, like, all kinds of stuff. So it took me back. So being poor makes you resourceful. That's what I wrote. And creative. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I had a blast. 100%. And apparently, yep. so did he. So back to go. He says they would get into fights because the basketball games or bullying, and he says talking noise. So I took that as you so broke kind of insults being yeah. thrown at him. Yep. So he points to the apartment where he grew up, 
And that's the place where his dad got shot. I was like, holy crap. Did we not know this? I thought it was in Colombia. I didn't think it was here. But did we, I I forgot his father. I thought we had, we talked about the murdered fathers. We thought there were only two. No, it's Gil's dad, but it was, um. Wait, Michaela's father wasn't murdered. No, it was a car accident. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I thought it was in Colombia. Like this happened to him years ago. I didn't realize that he was in the States. I didn't realize that Gil was in the apartment. Yes. So apparently, according to Gil, these guys kicked into the door and his dad wakes up from on the couch. He was sleeping, wakes him up. And no, op- Gil's, Gil's on the couch. Gil's on the couch. Okay. The dad's in the bedroom. So the guy kicks the door open and wakes I, up. I remember a murder scene, Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> so the dad closes the door and apparently mm-hmm. like puts his back towards it to like keep them from rushing in essentially and they shoot six or seven bullets through the door and yep. one of them hits the dad on the neck yeah so he says that for him it was really a blur he just remembers calling 911 being on the back of the ambulance and then like 20 minutes passing by and the doctor being like your dad passed and he's like okay yeah. and he was in shock for like two weeks so it's still like a blur to him and i on unfiltered johnny said that he and Gil were in the same class in middle school. And Johnny what? remembered that happening. I didn't know they knew each other. Wait, did did he say he remembered it happening? I can't remember, but they said they were in the same class together. Johnny didn't know it. Gil had a picture and showed him. Oh. And Johnny, I know what it was. Johnny was saying they were really surprised that he had never told anybody this. Not even his best friends. And Johnny's like, and he hasn't even gone back there. And I know how close it is to the middle school because I went to middle school with him. It's literally right around the block and he never wow. even went there. That's what it was. Wow. Mm-hmm. So Mira tells producers she understands what it's like to lose your father in a tragic way. Because as we know, hers was murdered. Mm-hmm. And she's grateful he shared with her and that it's important to know where your roots come from. This is a, a thing that keeps coming up. Roots, roots, roots. Yeah. So Gil tells Mirla he's told people the story of how his dad died and how he was killed and things like that, but had never taken anyone to the location. So this was a big step for Gil. Yeah. And I will say a lot of people online are like, oh, Mirla wasn't reacting. I saw Mirla like tearing up, didn't you? Yeah. Like she was really like, don't forget, guys, Mirla's never going to be the kind that's just going to start sobbing. Yeah. But she was definitely getting emotional she was listening was she was taking it in and she was being compassionate yep. also yep. what good would it do him if she starts getting hysterically crying yeah no she she was really compassionate and really upset being compassionate moment. and being strong for him as well mm-hmm. that's what she was yep. doing yeah so then Mirla takes Gil to play volleyball and she is wearing her jersey from high school 16 years ago wrap your head around that she is wearing something impressed. that fit her impressed. 16 years ago okay well I do have a shirt from when I was a teenager that I could fit into, but I was a fat teenager then. I was a fat teenager too, and I'm a fat adult, so I can still wear the shirt. I didn't look like Mirla. And she said, I got muscles now. And it was cute. So they play volleyball in the sand. It's cute. Loser buys drinks, so Mirla pays. And they talk about her childhood and playing sports and how it was encouraged by her mom because it gave her discipline. It taught her responsibilities you know, it kept her organized, made her independent, and it helped her work with others. And mm-hmm. she shows Gil a picture of her first home. It's like a small tin roof. 
It's um, uh, it's one room. One bedroom. Four windows. She needs to have this conversation with Jose. <laughs> like this is this is what growing up in poverty this looks is poverty. like. Poverty. Yeah. Yeah. So she says, This is why I love high rise buildings and pretty homes. And so Gil teases her. It's like, Oh, that's not an excuse or whatever. And then he tells the producers he loves that she worked hard to get where she's at and he admires her, it about he her admires her, her drive. Mm-hmm. But because we can't have nice things, Gil says, but sometimes it feels like she forgets where she came from and he wants her yeah. to stay true to that and not forget it. Don't forget you were poor, bitch. I don't get that impression of her at all. And she was so poor, guys, mm-hmm. that she had the hand-me-downs from her brother. Yeah. Like, it. we're talking poverty. Yeah. And look at her now. Like, fuck yeah, girl. The fact that she I, can I buy designer say something. bags. It's pretty good. I want to say something real quick. This was interesting. On Unfiltered, they watched this clip and they talked about it. And Ryan said, Ryan, okay, potato, pipes up real passionately. And he's like, I have to say something. He comes, Gil comes for her all the time about her spending and her income and her money. And he said, she has never once come after him for it. If she had gone after him for all of his money and his spending habits a tenth of the time that he did it to her, she would have been canceled already. <laughs> I was like, whoa, hot potato. Even Jamie Leonis was like, what just happened? Oh, and Mira was sitting there like, yeah, I don't say anything to him. It's his business. It's his money. Like, it was real, real weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's that's weird. Yep. So, later on, they meet with Dr. Pepper. So, they have their meeting. And they're happy to see her. So, first question off the gate, Gil's like, you called Mirla. <laughs> Gil, you've called Mirla a negative Nancy. How could she not be yeah. that way? Because we got to blame chicks because women yeah. be problematic. Yeah. So Gil says. Women be females. And they be having feelings and spending and shopping. <laughs> so Gil says more optimism, more open-mindedness. And she she goes into things negative And then nine of the ten times she enjoys herself, which is true. We've seen that. And there's footage of that. Mm-hmm. And he goes back to finger pointing out her moods and how hard he works for her not to get into her moods and that she does ruin things when she gets in her moods because she got a mood and blah, blah, blah. Because women are moody. Women got feelings. So Gildan has a Freudian slip and says, people that love each other and then, I mean, people that are married. So Mirla mm-hmm. hugs his arm and says, my husband loves me. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Pepper says, couldn't help but notice the word love jockeying around. Jockeying around? That was weird. Jockeying, yeah. Yeah. And Mirla is all smiles and says, he threw it out. So Dr. Yep. Pepper asks if the love word has been explored, and they said no. And Mirla says, he just doesn't want to admit he loves me. And Gil laughs mm-hmm. and says, well, she says she has made the choice to love her husband. So Dr. Pepper says, so you love him. And Mila clarifies, I'm, it means each day they are getting closer to love and growing. Yeah. It. I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. So Gil is hesitant to say it because in the past he says that he's prematurely said it and then later realized he didn't love that person. And he wants to yeah. make sure he truly loves Mila before he says that mm-hmm. because and he says that he has thought about it. That he's been driving and thinking about Marilyn and thinking like, oh, 
maybe I do love her, but, you know, he just wants to be 100% sure. And I was like, yeah. I respect that. That's really good. So then they started talking finances, which is like the boogeyman for this couple. Mm. A house, 20% down payment. And in terms of kids, making enough so they can afford a nanny. Those are goals, too. <laughs> Those are goals. Yeah. So yeah. she wants to live comfortably, but mm-hmm. Gil is not going to enable her crazy shopping habits. Nope. And Mila's like, why? I have savings. I have enough to spend. And Gil wants her to squirrel away more. Because they're spending mm-hmm. on lifestyle is non-negotiable for her. So this is kind of where they're at at this point. He's like, women be shopping. Mila needs to stop shopping. And she's well, like, and his, I have enough his, money saved. I can shop. And his point is... If you cut down on the shopping and you save more, we can achieve these goals in three years as opposed to six years. Yeah. Which isn't a bad plan to make. But don't forget, like, you're bringing something into the skill. So you're also adding savings. Yeah. Well, he has no savings. Because the money that he mentioned that was from his home country, like, that's non-negotiable. You don't don't touch that. I think that's his mother's money that he, like, sends his mom. Gives her, yeah. I don't know. It's real weird. I can't get a I can't get a good read on them. I don't think it's gonna work. Oh, producer Coco just chimed in. What what is that? Does Coco think it's gonna work? She said no. Okay. All right. Coco's a bitch. Coco's a bitch. <laughs> okay. She's like, no, so, love is dead. So let's do next time on. Yeah. The couples talk to their loved ones before decision day. Bao tells Johnny she can't see a future there, and Johnny tells the camera. There are some feelings there, so I don't know what's going on. Apparently, Gil's loved one is Zach, <laughs> who tells him, you have an amazing woman, and she's in this for the right reasons. There's no telling how far you two can soar. Michaela tells her sister, Zach invited me to spend the night, and I did. Dun, That's dun, why he dun. was smiling like a fucking yep. idiot. Because he yep. was like, so, yep. you want to talk about it now? You want to talk about it now? And at this point... And at this point, he deserves everything he gets. He deserves it 100%. I We're mean, done, she's dude. crazy. Like, she doesn't need to be violent towards him, but I understand her frustration more. He is mm-hmm. inconsistent. Yep. Yes, yep. she overreacted, but he is not innocent in this either. Nope. Gil tells Mirla that she kind of shits on people who aren't where she is financially. Again, we called this from day one. This is really bothering him mm-hmm. that think, she makes more money than him. Yeah, I think he's intimidated by that. And again, he needs to wake up and realize you're a firefighter. Mm-hmm. That is admirable. That is you don't job. get into those professions for the money. You get into them because you're a good human who likes to help your community. And, you know, that should be recognized. Yeah. Should he be paid more? Absolutely. Of course. He's risking his but, life. You know, you're a city employee. Mm-hmm. So Rachel says the uh, this argument is going to be the end of us. Oh God, one could only pray. <laughs> Bob tells the group who've all gathered to play pool. It takes two people to sustain a marriage, but only one to ruin it. Dun dun dun. Johnny. <laughs> Close Here's up Johnny. Johnny. So that's it, guys. That is the end of the episode. I did watch unfiltered. I worked most of what I had to say in. Um, I will say Ryan is on every damn show every Why? single week. And I think it's because they pay them like 150 bucks to come back for Unfiltered. Oh, and he God. must jump at that 150 bucks every single time. 
Also, I think it's damage control. He's like, oh, I, did I come up like an asshole today? Let's see. Maybe. Hold the tape. Maybe. And then Jamie Leotis, I have a note on her that she asks questions like this is the first time she's ever seen them. Like somebody just hands them to her because she's like, Johnny, do you think you were open and honest enough with your wife? Okay. Like she's not Listen, even. This irks the bejesus out of me. I don't watch Unfiltered, but I had watched like after shows for other reality shows yeah. and things like yeah, that. Yeah. Like um, for the 90 Day Universe, like yeah, this woman. Sean Robinson, God love her. She is gorgeous, gorgeous woman, very smart. But it, now she's gotten better. But in the first couple of seasons, it seemed like she never watched the fucking show because she's asking yeah, questions. I agree with like, you. I don't think she just, watched it. Like, who are these people? And you are, and and that changed during COVID. Mm-hmm. So I hypothesized that she had to sit down and watch. She had to sit down and COVID. watch it because now it looks like she knows who she's. Yeah. Angela, like she actually looks at the person because. Like our title of our podcast indicates, there's so, like, all of these shows are connected. Yep. And you can't just watch one season independently. Yeah. Like, it's very hard to do that. Especially 90 Day. Yeah. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's the everywhere. universe. Goddamn um, universe. I also have the Jamie Leotis, two things, that when I abbreviate her name, it's J-Lo, and I don't like that. She's no. not getting that honor. She's not my queen. She's not my um, queen. Actually, there were three things. Second, she's wearing leather pants. Do with that information as you may. Um, and question three, she did give Potato a little bit of heat about the dating app. And she wanted to bake him? She she wanted to bake him up. And she was like, dude, I don't know what's going on, but what you did was not cool. And he's like, I hate confrontation. And, and Jamie Leona says... You know what's weird? I don't hate confrontation. <laughs> and Mirla pipes up and she's like, I don't either. But I know how to handle myself. Ooh. Yeah. So that was that. And and I told you she did throw a little shade at Bao. So. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. So that's this, it. This just popped into my head. So this is Ooh, part of our spoiler that we've been talking about in previous episodes mm-hmm. in terms of. So so log off now if you don't want to hear it. We love you. Thanks for the follow. Bye. <laughs> so yeah. So if Bao and Zach are an item because this is not confirmed yet this is just rumors 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 right then it would make sense because bow loves having sex and so does zach that's true they're both horny so that would make a good Mm -hmm. match they would make a good match and i feel like both of them benefited from a pretty good edit yeah they did yeah Mm mm-hmm all right, girl. So tell everyone where we can find you. You can follow me on the gram at Sinister Girls and um, at author Leslie VJ. I have, so apparently I'm going to be part of like this TikTok thing. I don't even know. My friend asked Ooh. me to be a part of it. He's doing like this whole Mean Girls tribute thing. So I recorded myself, you know, being one of the high schoolers talking about Regina George. So I might pop okay. up, I might like retweet it or repost or whatever. Because I, I liked my edit. I edited myself. <laughs> so I, I could have used better lighting, but, you know, okay. it is what it is. But okay, I, I, like cool. the, I like the little lip sync. And I'm like, oh, now I get TikTok. Now I get what people are talking about. My kids are, like, they love TikTok. I still haven't it's, posted one, so I'll just all post his. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And happy Halloween! Um, happy Halloween! It's my favorite time of year. Guys, you know what you should do for Halloween? You should go over to my other podcast, Gen X This Is Why. Yes. And you should listen to our Children of the Corn episode. Creepy. 
not creepy, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that movie was real, real bad. Um, terrifying as children. We were terrified I seen of it, it as an adult. Oh, do yourself the favor. Go back and watch it. It's like corn orgy. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I go on a tear on the podcast about how it's based on a story by Stephen King, which is much better than the movie, and he should not have even given his name for the adaptation. That's my personal experience. (laughs) Um, So, and we also interviewed uh, Karen Grassley this week, who plays Ma Ingalls. I saw that. Little House on the Prairie. I was super excited. That that? was really fun. I reached out to her publicist because she oh. she published a memoir. Oh, cool. So I got a copy of the memoir, and then we reached out to her publicist. She's like, yeah, we talked, like, maybe for 40 minutes about, like, women's rights and the ERA. And she was at Berkeley in the 60s. Oh, I mean, wow. she was, like, right in the middle of it. Super talented, um, trained, classically trained theater actor. Like, she she has an amazing life. It was pretty, oh, really pretty interesting. Oh, that out. So this is... Yeah. It's already live, this episode, and Gen X, yep. this is why? Okay. Yep, it's live. So, so, so check, check it, it out. out. Yeah, yep. that sounds awesome. All right, and Leslie, I will see you back here next week. And guys, follow us on Instagram, yes. Six Degrees of Reality TV. We are there. We're on the gram. Don't do much on Facebook. Trying to get it, trying to get away from getting Zuckerberg. Even though he owns so, Instagram or mm, Meta. I know, I know he does. I know he does. But it's a different beast, it right? Is. Yeah. It is. So find us on Instagram and we'll see you later. And thank you everyone for listening. And thanks for the reviews. We've gotten quite a few. I mean, if you want us to keep going, if you like what you're hearing, you want us to cover next season or whatever, let us know. Yes, you want us to cover an older season so that I could catch up. Mm -hmm. Let us Mm -hmm. know because I got opinions and I need to share them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.